0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Top of the Rope Wrestling Radio. I'm joined by a very good friend of mine. It has been eons, it seems, since we have done anything, and that is uh, another bearded gentleman himself, and that is Chris Pinero from the Bearded Wrestling Podcast. And uh, first of all, thanks for coming on. I am I appreciated the reply on TikTok, and I'm glad to know I'm not the only person looking forward to a Saudi show. Right.
1: and but this is like the first Saudi show, I think, since the greatest Royal Rumble that I'm excited for. Uh, and that's because I just love Royal Rumbles. But this card, this card is stacked, my friend. And you, we have every right to be excited about this card.
0: Yeah. No, it's it's uh, it's absolutely insane. Uh, it's Even the one that's meant to be the not serious one has the local kid in it. So you kind of, so you get jazzed up for him. Like that's, it's, it's one of the easy guarantees in wrestling that I look forward to. Like, oh, Mansoor versus whoever. Yep, I know who's going over and that's going to be fine. So I don't, especially just considering, I mean, I know Mustafa Ali is natively from Chicago and everything, but just to be totally honest here, the scary concept of them letting a dude who is natively Pakistani Go over in Riyadh. I I'm just being straight up. That's that's a little bit of a dangerous prospect there. When they when they brought out Davari and the other cats from Iran that one year, I mean, they got death threats. It's not it's not like it is here. It's not a guy in a Red Sox jersey walking into MSG like it's it's a very different deal.
1: Absolutely, and, and it's it's one of those things they always say. You know, hey, read the room. Um, this is definitely a read-the-room moment. Uh, yes. Mustafa Ali should not be going over here against Mansoor, um, who's getting his, what, yearly match on WWE TV? Yeah.
0: You, you see, this is one of the weird things that I've always I've always considered with Mansoor is, and yes, this would just be absolute direct placation for the sake of Saudi shows, and I really don't care. Why is there not a title? Like, why don't they invite, invent some sort of like where they have some weird bylaw of it can only be defended in within the borders of Saudi Arabia and just give it to him and just have him defend it forever until there's that one competitor that beats him and they shock the whole arena just so he can win it back next year in stunning fashion i don't i don't know why they don't do that just for those particular shows
1: hey, could you imagine the level of heel that guy would be in Saudi Arabia to beat Mansoor and take that the yeah. Saudi title from him, the, the he might not get out of the country at that point. He might yeah. be allowed on the plane, or, or the plane might not be allowed to leave the airport until yeah. Mansoor beats him again.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. But but you could you could certainly build that one, and you could even do like a year long type feud out of that. So I mean, I don't know. I watched Raw on Monday, and I thought it was very cool to see Mansoor sort of cut the angry baby face promo. And and I have to say, for me personally, as much as I love a good heel promo, as scathing as they can be, when a true babyface insults you in pure white meat babyface style, <laughs> it's so much more scathing to me. Because he didn't say, like, oh, I hate you and you did this to me and then. No, he said to Mustafa Ali, I'm gonna show you that you're a pathetic excuse for a man. And I just went that hit so much hard. Like you didn't have to swear or anything like that's just downright, just offense. Just, Oh my God. Can you imagine? And, and it's perfect for a baby
1: face. Cause you, you don't have to say anything other than what everyone, everyone already knows. He is the good guy. Mustafa yeah. Ali is the bad guy. So all he's doing is reiterating that point, but it works so well for a baby face to point out the obvious to the audience.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. And I I think they will do very well with it. I expect him to fully go over. But other than that, we have Bobby Lashley and I must admit I am kind of cool with angry dad Goldberg. I I do not completely hate angry dad Goldberg. The way they did that interview was just looking at him like, "Are, are you done kid? Like, are we, are we really still having this conversation? Like you put your hands on my kid. You know what this means. Like, it's not, and it just fits for him. And apparently, I read an article about Goldberg's contract. Apparently, he has something exclusive with these Saudi shows, which makes a lot of sense. And I I think it's a very smart way to play him. He's willing to make the flight, it seems. But, you know, all that's going to be in anybody's head when this match starts is, man, I hope it's not what happened with him and The Undertaker all over again.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I really hope it's not. And and to your point too, this is the first time I've been excited about a Goldberg match since the letters WCW were before his name. So uh, this is this is interesting to me. Goldberg and Bobby Lashley. I mean, to steal a line from Big E, this is you know big men slapping meat. This is <laughs> this is this is what pro wrestling was back in the eighties when I was a kid in the early nineties, and and you're going to see two dudes that can just you know, completely go that are just big dudes. And I mean, is it going to be a Meltzer six star Tokyo Dome classic? No, no. But is it going to be five minutes of pure fun and probably some entertainment and some hurt business interference? And, you know, Bobby Lashley power bombing an old man. And then he finally gets a spear and a win for his kid. Sure. Do I have yeah. a with that? Not even a little bit.
0: No, well, the, the great thing about it is when when Bobby says it's going to be no holds barred, I said, "Oh, great! That means Bill can work how he needs to."
1: That exactly. was the first thing
0: I thought. If if it was just a straight up singles match, then I mean, unless it's like you mentioned, just one of those, you know, you, you know, Lesnar versus Goldberg finisher, 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 done type matches, he can't work how he needs to, and now he can, and he's. And it's going to fit for him, especially if he still has this, if he has any matches left for the Saudi deal, he's just going to make sure he's booked in these no no DQ type matches so he can actually work how he needs to. And to me, I've always considered that a resounding positive of WWE that they do with these part-timers, is they bring them back in situations where they can let them be what they need to be, while sometimes... Uh, and, yep, first jab of the show, not going to be the last one. I look at AEW with Stinger, and I'm sitting there going, you really want him to go one-on-one for 12 minutes with some young kid? I mean, look, the kid can carry it, sure, but it's not going to be what you want it to unless you take all the rules out of it.
1: Absolutely. And, and it's one of those things with the legends. Those of us that grew up watching the legends when they came out, It's so different to see them. And like, I loved Sting as a kid because I watched WCW all the time. I loved Sting. I loved Goldberg. But to see them now, when they're a fraction of what they used to be, it kind of hurts you in the childhood a little bit. And that's nothing against them. I mean, hell, if I could get paid millions of dollars to do what I did 30 years ago and still do it to this day. Of course, I was seven 30 years ago. So (laughs) what I did back then was not a whole lot. But. If I could get paid millions of dollars to do what I did a while back, and not have to worry about performing at the same level, I'd take it too, because yeah. they have that that cachet, that 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 name power that allows us to go, ooh, it's it's this person, it's it's Ric Flair, it's Sting, it's Goldberg, it's Hulk Hogan. I know that's a taboo word, but I said it.
0: <laughs>
1: they aren't who they used to be. They never will be again. And to expect them to be so is is an impossibility. But, like you said, if you can hide what they aren't and let them be what they need to be to bring that nostalgia factor back, and whether that's spearing Bobby Lashley through a table or you know coming out with a baseball bat and chasing the heels off, then that's mwah, perfection.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, even Sting's little run in WWE when – you know, I think when Orton got surrounded by a bunch of guys and the place blacked out and Sting popped up next to him with a bat to help out Orton, it's like, yeah, you're right. Little little things like that can can last a long time nowadays. And I think it's uh it's you know, they have Sting doing his Darby Allen thing and but it looks like that's the AEW deal right now, is they're having the is NJF is their young pick to sort mm-hmm. of dethrone all of the older boys right now. Um, but, you know, MJF, he's been ready for a title run for a long time, but he's probably not going to get one anytime soon. It's called All Elite Wrestling for a reason. If you're not a member, you don't get all the perks, and people need to start realizing that. So yeah. <laughs> if you're if you're not part of the elite, it's going to take you a minute.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. But to, to move on to that, to one that I, I, I'm not sure how I could properly phrase this one because of how – absolutely barbaric it'll be but edge and seth rollins in hell in a cell uh i mean first of all the fact that they drop this type of match into a saudi show proves number one that vinnie really wants people to watch <laughs> it's he he really wants to get over that the whole blood money stigma and, and just to give my opinion real quick i, I just it, for what What are we really hanging on to that for anymore at this point? It's I enjoy them because you get to see all those little Saudi kids just thrilled to see everybody in person. And then you occasionally have a laugh at the section that's always right in front of hard camera with, like, the (laughs) recliner chairs, and it's all the kids that are clearly royalty with all of their assistants walking around the whole time. But other than that, it's just – I mean, Edge is the type of guy – I don't think he cares where the show is or what the concept is. He's going to give you 150%. Same thing with Seth Rollins. I mean, when I was in Baltimore for the draft and edge came out and Seth was at his house and the way that he sold that, I just see two guys that are probably at the highest level. They've both been in a long time. And now you get to culminate it with, I, Oh man, there, there's going to be some type of spot in this match that is going to set the tone for the whole thing oh that's unequivocally true
1: for sure and edge has definitely surprised me since he came back i thought there would be a, a a bit more trepidation and a bit more kind of a different style from edge due to his the nature of his his injuries that forced him to retire uh but he hasn't and it, it's been a great surprise and i think this match is just going to take that to another level and, and as far as your blood money point exactly get off of it um I I did a I did an entire paper on U.S. Saudi relations from the 70s to nowadays, and that was a big part of it. And I don't have time to go into it here. I won't take up all the time, but let's just say they tried to get out of it. They can't get out of it now. They're going to fulfill their contract the way they're supposed to. And if they give us some banging shows on a Thursday morning or a Thursday afternoon to fulfill that contract, like they're doing, uh, what is it tomorrow? Mm -hmm. Thank you. Like that's that's all that matters. They're oh, going yeah. to fill their contract. We're going to get some entertainment.
0: Oh, no. Well, I, it, it, it's actually funny. Yet another thing me and Chris have in common that we didn't realize until right now, my, the, the way I got accepted into college was the paper I wrote was about the, the the ever larger problem in Saudi Arabia of the connection between more of their economy being based on oil and the ever-expanding royal family. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. yes, I'm, I'm aware of, of, of a decent amount of what's going on over there. And you're right. They... Vinny did try to get out of it, and he couldn't. So yeah. now you got to run him. Okay, that's cool. And whoever wants to go can go, and that's how it'll work. But, dude, Edge and Ron, geez. The, also, just Seth, the, the promos that he's cut recently have been so unbelievable. I mean, his, this whole sort of hybrid version of the Embrace the Vision Seth and Kingslayer Seth has just been unbelievable. And now Edge is back in his deep, dark place that he had when he feuded with Cena all those years ago. And it's it's going to be quite a, a combustible deal. So I wouldn't be surprised if Seth takes a fall from somewhere. Um, That, that wouldn't shock me too much because he seems like the type of guy not quite with Jeff Hardy enthusiasm, but he's probably the guy who watches mankind fall off and go, I want to do something like it. Maybe not that, but something like that.
1: (laughs) Well, and and there was a a question posed on TikTok today. Someone asked if you could take two people in their prime and have them have a one-on-one match, who would you pick? And I think Edge and Seth Rollins would be an amazing answer to that question. And we're going to get something very close. I mean, Seth Rollins is probably still in his prime. I don't know when this guy's prime is going to end. He's probably still in it. Um, But we're seeing an Edge – very close to prime edge. I mean, he's in fantastic shape. So if you were to answer that question two people in their prime, you want to see as a fantasy match, this might be one of them. Edge, oh, mm-hmm. Seth Rollins. And then you throw a hell in a cell in. You, like you said, it's going to be fantastic. Something big is going to happen and it's going to be amazing on the way to get there.
0: Oh yeah. I'm, 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 in, I'm incredibly excited for this one. And now, uh, okay. Cause you, you mentioned in your TikTok that you love the King of the ring. I was always a big King of the ring guy. So let's go to the King of the Ring finals first before we go to the Queen's crown, because I have some opinions about the Queen's crown. But (laughs) when it comes to King of the Ring, this is probably the best they could have booked it is the clear baby face. Everyone loves him. Finn Balor, who has now resurrected the demon, and Xavier Woods, who seemingly for the past three or four years has been trying to get WWE to bring this tournament back just so he can win it. And now he's going to get the opportunity to win it. But what the first thing that went into my head when I saw this was the finalists, two things. One is obviously Woods has been saying this, crown me, all this stuff. I also very much appreciate him. He had the cape on and he went up to it and he teased it. And he had the scepter, but he did not put on the crown. And this is where I can take a little bit of a customized jab at Chris because he's got his Giants on. I know you're a Niners guy. Well, when my Ravens beat your Niners in 2011, what I always remember in that Super Bowl is in the intro, they gave you the option to pose with the trophy or not. The Niners posed with the trophy. The Ravens did it. No, you do not touch it until you win it. I, I am As a hockey fan with the Stanley Cup, you don't get to touch it until you win it. So I appreciate that Woods did that. Ballard didn't either because I mean, all the heels did it. And look what happened next round. Everybody everybody's gone. <laughs> so I, I appreciate that. But real quick to finish up, and then I'll finally let you come in here. Is <laughs> the first thing is Woods has been talking about it for years. And then Finn Balor, at one point, it was not just the demon, it was the demon king. So I'm thinking, does he show up in some body paint and try to get the demon king crowned? Is that going to be the plan? Because if it is, it's going to be really tough to let Xavier go over. Because the demon has finally lost, but it was to Roman Reigns in a really, (laughs) weird circumstance. Mm -hmm. So... I, that's why I'm up in the air about this one. I don't know how they're going to go about it. Uh,
1: I, I think they're going safe bet. I think they're going to crown Finn Balor here. And that's going to get Finn back into the Tyler pick, title picture, which I'm okay with. I mean, Finn is a very, very good professional wrestler. I have no problem with him being in title picture. I would have loved to see two dark horses meeting in the finals. But I understand why Sami Zayn is not coming to Saudi Arabia. And he never will. That's fine.
0: Yeah. Well, it's it's not just him. It's it's also the Saudis because they know he's part Syrian. I don't think they would want him there either.
1: Yeah, they, they aren't going to let him into the country even if he yeah, wanted no. to go. So that's fine. And and to your point, putting Finn Balor into the finals, yeah, makes it to where now you kind of know who's going to win this. It's not going to be Xavier Woods. And that <laughs> sucks because Xavier, I mean, I would love to see King Xavier because if anybody could pull off a King gimmick, it would oh. be King Woods. I mean, come mm-hmm. on. And, yeah. and having having the royal court of Big E and, and Kofi Kingston with <laughs> him, I mean, it, it writes itself for those three guys. But it's not going to happen over Finn Balor, especially if he comes out with the demon, which he probably will in Saudi Arabia. Just not going to happen for, for
0: Woodsy. Well, it also makes me excited as to what twist Finn will put on his demon look for Saudi Arabia because he's very much known to do his research. So will there be some sort of Middle Eastern myth that he'll incorporate into his look for the sake of the show? Because I I feel like something like that would be pretty cool. But also, to your point as to why, the other reason Woods probably wouldn't go over anyway, other than the demon deal and all that, is it seems like it is never the plan to have more than one New Day member have their singles (laughs) run at the same time. So uh, right now it's E, because he's the champ, obviously. Kofi had his championship run. And I really do think there is a world title somewhere in Woods' future. It's just, it's never going to be at the same time. They're never going to run. It, it has to be individual. Because that's a very easy way to play it, is you have them all run it through their singles, their singles runs individually, world champ or not. And then after they have their singles run, and they all fall out of the title picture, you just put them back together as the New Day, and if they can actually survive as a faction through that whole deal, you'll just completely change the game outside of New Japan, because in New Japan, that's just what you do. But in WWE, it's – imagine if the faction – because I don't care if they split them up. Nobody considers them apart. They're just – E is just on a different show than the other two. (laughs)
1: Well, when when you still wear the New Day colors and you still come out to a quasi-New Day theme song, you're still New Day.
0: Yeah, that's that's for sure. So now to go into the Queen's crown. Okay. They really want to get this push for Dewdrop or Piper Niven, which I prefer to call her. Um, I, I get it. I understand Zelina's not really a bad pick. And if you looked at the bracket she had to go through, other than finally giving Liv her chance... She really was the only one. Now, granted, Carmella could absolutely rock a royal gimmick. Don't get me wrong, but I, I, Zelina's probably it. The thing that gets to me is you can't bring back Reign of Terror, legitimately ending gimmicks. Shayna Baszler to have her not only take the take the fall, and, but take the fall that she did. She had dewdrop in the. Ki- I you might have you probably saw me tweet about. It. I said so. She was in the Kirafood <laughs> Kira Eclipse for like three minutes, and then that, and she didn't tap or anything. I said I know I'm just being a Shayna fan here, but nah, like you don't sit in the Kirafood Eclipse for three minutes and survive, especially not at this point where Dewdrop is. If Bianca Belair did that, I would get it, but um, it just it's not. I I see they're trying to do some kind of push for her here, and that's okay. But I just don't. I because the other options to me are: you have Shayna win the whole thing in really dominant fashion that proves that she's back, or you have Zelina pull the crazy upset on Basler, and it gives her a, a little a little nudge from behind to see if it's going to work. I don't. I don't understand this one at all. I don't. I mean, if you want to push Dewdrop, fine. I just don't know where it could possibly lead.
1: Well, I think if you want to push Dewdrop, which, like you said, it seems like that's what they want to do, is they want to push Piper. If you want to do that, you need to give her someone who's established in the women's division in the finals. You need it to be her versus Natalia or her versus Shayna in the finals. And I'm going to. Channel my inner Jim Cornette here because I'm a little old school too. If you have Shayna Baszler put someone like Dewdrop in the in the food to Crutch, Clutch. My yes. God, that's hard to say. <laughs> that puts the move over. That she can get it on someone who is much bigger than her. But then you have it last three minutes without a tap out, and then Shayna loses, and you just took what was a strong move against a bigger opponent and turned it to nothing in a matter of minutes because by not being able to put her opponent away what's the point of putting your finishing hold on a bigger person you can't do it you can't win with it and then to lose with it is even worse so to to the Shayna point you made her look strong and then incredibly weak in the span of three minutes and now you've given dewdrop selena vega in the finals and nothing against selena but for the longest time, she was a manager. So to now mm. be in the finals of this Queens Crown tournament, if Dewdrop beats her, who did she really beat? If she beats Dewdrop, who did she really beat?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, if it's an up and comer, that's okay. There's the thing is, as much as we can ponder the result of whoever uh, or whoever wins, the real deal with this is whoever wins it. You better have something planned. This mm-hmm. can't just be like, "Oh, you're the queen for six weeks." Yeah, you can't. You you have to have something of this. Much like, as as opposed to the difference of of the king of the ring with the king of the ring tournament. If Finn wins it, technically, you really don't need it to be a direct push because he's Finn Balor. Like you really don't need. It's just another accolade on his deal. But if Woodsy pulls the upset then you do have to have something next. And given what he's earned, he probably would. But when it comes to the ladies, man, it don't matter who wins. You have to have something. Something has to follow it. If it's Zelina, you have to, you know, maybe you have her and Carmella split up their friendship and she tries to claim she's more beautiful. And then she tries to go after whoever the champ is. The problem is whoever she goes after, whether it's, whether it's, Becky or Bianca or Charlotte, nobody's going to look at that matchup legitimately and go, oh, she has a snowball's chance in hell. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. I So now Piper is a little different because at the at the risk of sounding offensive size is a game changer it is even though she's not at that establishment point, people would go, well, you know, she's, she, she could definitely hold you down for three, And I mean that the nicest way possible because she's (laughs) a power-type wrestler. That's how she rolls. So I don't know, but something has to happen Exactly. whoever wins the Queen's
1: crown. Like you said, size makes a difference. There's a legitimacy to be able to look the champion straight in the eyes. And there be a sense of legitimacy of champion challenger there. Like the first time we saw Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair, Rhea was in NXT. But Rhea looked Charlotte straight in her eyes and was actually, I think, a little bit taller than Charlotte. And you went, oh. Yep. Zelina yep. is what five foot maybe?
0: <laughs> yeah, she's she does not have height on her side. Yeah, so unless the
1: champion's sure. Alexa Bliss, she's not looking her in the eyes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and and Alexa Bliss has a lot of things other than her height that can carry her that will, will sort of negate you know, when when Alexa went up against Charlotte at Extreme Rules. That concept that you, I mean, that might apply to somebody like my father when he watches wrestling, like he's like, well, how is she going to win? She's a shrimp. But when it comes to, but the name carries enough weight as well as the sort of Wyatt esque gimmick she has. It's like, yeah, it doesn't really matter. She's going (laughs) to do some weird, creepy stuff. And we've all seen how she wrestles. It's not that big of a deal. And this concept that we're talking about with the women is why one day Keith Lee is going to make an absolute massive splash. We already saw it when he came out in the Rumble and Lesnar was like, oh, big, he's a big guy. Like this is, and when Brock Lesnar says that about you, to be like, that's a big dude. Wait a minute.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah and that was, that was instant legitimacy with one look. Brock yes. Lesnar gave that one look that said, oh, this is a big dude. And you yeah. immediately said, all right, he's on Brock's level.
0: Yeah, that's, that's for sure. So, Whatever happens with the queen's crown, I don't know. I, I'm predicting that they have Dewdrop go over because yeah. it seems like baby faces get the nod at Saudi quite a bit. So we'll we'll see that one. That's why King of the Ring is kind of fun because I agree with you. I think they do play it safe and have Finn go over. But given that it's two two faces working together, there is that sort of muddy water a little bit of could they potentially pull something here? I don't know. Or maybe new, maybe new Day goes back to its original roots as heels and pulls, Kofi pulls a fast one to get the win. Because people forget that about New Day. They started as a heel sort of gospel-based group. And I remember the first couple weeks that they came out, crickets. Yep. Nobody had any clue what they were going for at all. And then they won the titles, or they defended the titles in the ladder match at SummerSlam, I think it was 2011 or like 2012, or so. it was a, a longer ago than you would think. And then <laughs> the Xavier debuted the trombone, and they were from that point on inexplicably over, just regardless of of whatever they did. So maybe they they go back to that. I don't know. But to move on from that, they have uh, the raw tag team championships where RK Bro, um, by the way. Look out on my TikTok for that, because that's the couple's costume that me and my girlfriend are doing. Oh, so, uh, yes. You know, I, I get to be riddles, so. Hey, <laughs> Randy. Um, and they face AJ Styles and almost who, based on what I saw on Raw, they are beginning to show the cracks in the armor of them as a team. And we are approaching almost going solo, which we all knew was going to happen. Because if you're over seven feet tall, Vince McMahon is going to push you to the moon. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I that one that that could very well be the title that changes hands uh, on this particular one. That very well could be it because R.K. Bro's been a great gimmick. Although I expect them to be the over ones in Saudi Arabia. Um, but Styles and almost have been a heck of a way up, and. I didn't expect that to work for almost as well as it did. This gr- this pairing, but it has been fantastic for him. Listening to AJ Styles cut his Southern Dad promos on everyone, <laughs> and I,
1: I of all the matches on this card, looking at it over and over, I think this is the one I care the least about. Unfortunately, because I like Randy Orton, I like I love AJ Styles. I've always liked AJ Styles, but this match is I don't know doesn't do a whole lot for me. <laughs>
0: I don't no, know. I, I understand that. I mean, I, I'm curious to see how they uh, how they book it, but m- more than likely, I would expect uh, I would expect a retention. Normally, we don't see too many title changes uh, unless it's something very extreme, much like uh, the Fiend and Seth when Vince was doing damage control. So uh, that was, you know, other than that. You you normally don't see them on this show. Yeah. yeah, no, I understand. There's really not that much going into it. It's just, hey, we'll put it on. We found four guys are willing to make the trip, and then, <laughs> see that's what I want to see. That's when I am okay with WWE's cameramen making shots at the audience because I want to see the reaction of the young Saudis to Almas in person. I want them to yeah. just be like, dude,
1: wait, like, Almas walk right in front of that couch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep. there's, there's just some crown prince just wow this guy is uh a large human being i i can only imagine but now we get to one that first of all it's just cool that this match is happening in saudi arabia at all which is the smackdown women's championship the fact that this is so headlined and it also means that we get <laughs> to see all the ladies be very creative with their gear because they have <laughs> yeah. to cover every inch of their skin having it in Saudi Arabia. But nevertheless, uh, Becky, Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, and Sasha Banks. But, of course, we have another title switch moment, much like what happened with the tag team titles in the last draft, where the SmackDown Women's Champion got drafted to Raw, and then the Raw Women's Champion got drafted to SmackDown. But Bianca is headed to Raw while Sasha is staying on SmackDown and Becky is moving to Raw as well, despite being the SmackDown Women's Champion. So that makes me wonder, do they have Becky retain and then they just do the same type of exchange that New Day and the Street Profits did? Or do they have Sasha go over because she's going to SmackDown anyway? Ooh. And unfortunately, this leaves Bianca out to dry in this particular one.
1: Yeah. Can we can we get neither scenario? Because I hate both.
0: Uh, <laughs> I, I that's, that's also an option.
1: Yeah, I didn't like the handing of the titles to each other the last time it happened. It, it just feels kind of... I mean, it, I know canon doesn't mean anything in WWE, but if you want to go WWE canon, the last time someone handed a title to someone else... Well, no, that's not true because the last time it happened, Shane McMahon said Xbox could happen, blah, blah, blah. But when Ted DiBiase handed the title to Andre the Giant, we were told, mm-hmm. nope, that's illegitimate. Andre's not the champion, and now neither is Ted. Or, or sorry, when Andre handed it to Ted, Ted's not the champion. Yeah. I mean, so your own rules say you can't hand the title to someone else and have them be the champion, and yet we've seen it. We've seen it on several occasions with the European title and, and the tag titles changing. Um, I don't know. I kind of want to see maybe a, a winner take all situation between Charlotte and Becky. We haven't seen that match in a year and a half. I mean, yeah, one see that, that's is both me, the other one's vacant. I mean,
0: yeah, that that's that's where my head went as well. Is because Charlotte didn't lose her title to Bianca, which got rid of that one, which makes me wonder if is Becky gonna retain, and then it sets up for Survivor Series where they would wrestle each other anyway. Yeah. and have and actually have both titles on the line. Yeah. I, and, I'm, I'm very yeah, I think that would be a cool way to go about it. And so. that's
1: that's gonna be a marquee match if you could put that on at SummerSlam. Charlotte and Becky, title for title, loser has no title afterward. I mean
0: Yeah, sure. It's why not? Br- bring back that one. It's an oldie but a goodie, I completely understand. And also, just to add on to the titles handing over, I don't know why this was in my head, which you said the most it was actually in WCW when Booker T had just about every belt you possibly could. And he basically said, I have too much to defend. (laughs) So he just handed the WCW United States title to Chris Canyon. He just gave it to him. He's like, this is yours now. (laughs) And I was like, okay, that's kind of weird.
1: Lance Storm, too. When Lance Storm was a triple champion in WCW, he hands one – uh, two different belts to two different guys in Team Canada, and they all defended it. I mean,
0: yep, that's that. Yeah, there are there are a lot of ways that that's that's gone down. So I, I do agree with you. I'm not in this particular case because of the options. I am not a yeah. fan of the exchange. I didn't mind the exchange because it was two babyface tag teams that had already shown respect for each other. So everybody was just like, "Yeah, all right," and I I, I didn't really mind it. But in this particular case, the first place my head went is Becky and Charlotte are your current champion well, there's no way you can't use that. Like you, you have to, especially with a big four show coming up, you can't, you can't, you, you can't not use that. So, but I I do believe Becky will retain somehow uh, to some extent, either that or maybe Bianca goes over, who knows? And and also let me just get very, very quasi political for a second with this because of how cool it would be. It's not a negative, it's a go. could you imagine? If a woman of color won a championship in Saudi Arabia, that's just awesome. To me, that's Vince McMahon's way of being like, yep, we're, we're doing it. I'm, I'm totally cool with this. And I, And I don't think anybody would have a problem with it either. I mean, when they've done women's wrestling in Saudi Arabia, I mean, the crowd has chanted, this is hope at them. It's not like it's not something they want. So I just think that to me, at least that would be in my head. man, that's a pretty cool thing to do. Yeah,
1: because we get that perception here that the whole country is against women's liberation in Saudi Arabia, and really it's it's not. It's the government on top. Mm -hmm. The people want this. The people want to see women doing what men do. The people want women's liberation, and this is a good way to do it. And like you said, Lacey Evans versus Natalia got a huge fan reaction the last time they were in Saudi Arabia. Um, That right there should be evidence enough that the people want to see this.
0: Yeah, and I'm curious as to who's going to go over, but I do believe it's going to be Becky because that Becky-Charlotte rehash just seems to be too too good to be true. And now we go into a match that I'm a little bit upset about the reaction to it, and that's Big E versus Drew McIntyre. I'm very much looking forward to this, but I'm seeing all these people on Twitter saying things like dull Drew, and I'm thinking, when? when is he ever? First of all, man of the people, Drew McIntyre, is an amazing gimmick. When he walks into an interview, Kayla, how are you? How are things? He's just the most regular dude ever with a sword, just just chilling. And that's I, I think it works very well, just the, the consummate babyface guy. And he had a good comeback. And this is a, an interesting way for, for them to go about it. Despite the fact that Drew uh, moving to um, SmackDown and B.E. going to Raw basically determines the result before it happens. But that's okay. Uh, I I don't have an issue with that. But to me, it's just been the reaction. Like, why do people think this isn't going to be good? These two are going to tear the place down. I I can't. It's weird to me. Absolutely. And, And Drew deserves
1: all the love that we can give this man because for the last year and a half, he held down the company. That man, I don't think he had a single day of his WWE championship run in front of crowds. Maybe, maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. I can't remember, but
0: I don't believe he did. I don't believe
1: he did either. And I can't point out any point in his reign where I wasn't entertained by Drew McIntyre. He had two fantastic reigns as WWE champion. He beat Brock Lesnar for God's sake. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) this man deserves a place at least in, in modern time in our heart. And, to turn your back on him now that crowds are there, it just seems ridiculous. Give him a shot at something, even though, <clears throat> like you said, we're pretty sure he's not winning this match. We're pretty sure we're not ending the reign of Big E this soon. Um, but Drew deserves the love. Drew held it down when no one else would in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, to turn your back on him now is just
0: unfair. Yeah, I mean, I, he's that—that—that that, that is the one thing that, I believe he is recognized for it by the IWC more or less that he was the pandemic's champion and he continued to do the job when a lot of, you know, indie wrestling promotions, even promotions as big as say a ring of honor just effectively said, no, we're just going to shut down until we can try to figure this out. Yep, And he said, no, because WWE, as far as live television, I think they missed two or three weeks of, but in terms of putting on a show, they never did—not once. And he was the guy that won it at an empty arena WrestleMania, and he- you're right—he held it down. It never got dull. It never got—at least, not to me. So, yeah, he, he's earned this shot more, more, over than that. The thing is, he's facing a champion in Biggie. This is one of the most unanimously over champions I've ever seen. It's it every, its unbelievable the reaction that he gets. Because myself included, everybody wanted to see him win it, and he won it. He planned it correctly. I'm thrilled for it. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if something happened with the Hurt business, because Lashley is, in fact, who E cashed in on. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see something like that. But the other thing that's in the back of my head is, are we setting up for Big E and Roman at Mania, which would be awesome, or do they want to give us Big E and Lesnar at Survivor Series, which would be pretty awesome too. So I don't, I don't know because Brock seems like the kind of guy who has enough stroke with Vinnie Mac to say, Hey, I'm going over on your number one at a show outside the country. You know, I'm, I'm going to be the Jaguars of the NFL. I can't win if I'm on American soil. So I, I, I don't know. I think it's uh but as far as this one goes, I mean, I do expect E to hold on, but I just hope they give him 20, 25 minutes, half an hour. Man, let them slow burn this thing. Don't cool. don't make them rush it.
1: Absolutely. And, and just really let these two guys show off what they can do because the, what they can do is a lot.
0: Yeah. Well, they, they've been given sort of that New Japan license, I've noticed. A lot of these guys who trained in Japan now in these longer matches, you see that – Forearm exchange, really? and every time I do, I'm going, "Oh, I like this!" Especially when it happens 18 minutes in, and it's, <laughs> and it's okay. We're going to do this now. The sort of reset because the the reset concept has proven to be effective in WWE, and it came back when the Shield went against the Wyatt family. Because every time they faced off, even if it was in the middle of a brawl or a match, honestly, there would be times they would just stop wrestling. And everyone would get back up and mm-hmm. sort of re-square up again. And everyone loved that concept. And they've run with it. And I
1: like it. And it, it really has been a thing, to your point, of in wrestling history, that moment where you let people, A, take a breath, and then, B, build the tension to, oh, something's going to happen right here. <laughs> you know? Because yep, if you just sure. go, 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 there's no point to take a break. There's no point to collect yourself. There's no point to build anything. And that moment, even if it's like you said, if it's in the middle of a match, and I've seen it before with two big heavyweights, and I'm I'm guessing we're going to see it here in this one too, because it's just an amazing moment where they have beaten the hell out of each other. They're both knock each other down. They're crawling back up to each other, up to their feet. And as they get up to each other's feet, they're nose to nose, they're face to face and they breathe and they just stare at each other for that moment. And that lets the crowd go, oh crap, here we go. (laughs) <laughs> and, you know, like that that builds to the moment. And that's, I think, is missing in a lot of pro wrestling. But I think you got two guys here that know that moment, know how to use that moment. And like you said, if that leads to a forearm exchange with those two just slapping each other and, you know, the sweat's going to be flying off Big E's massive chest, it's going to be a moment.
0: Oh no, that's uh, I can imagine I can imagine Drew McIntyre kind of giving himself a, a few hits in his own chest, and Big E takes the straps down on the singlet, and it's like, okay, here, here we go. And then after that one, you go, you're gonna go from one of the greatest showings of respect you've ever seen to a complete and utter lack of it in the main event with Roman Reigns. But here's how I want to phrase it. Who knew? that a Paul Heyman custody battle would be so much fun. <laughs> Who knew? Dude, it is it is one of the best buildups I've seen in the past three years. This has been so well done. And most of it is because of Lesnar and his very limited, yet very powerful influence. Just dude just walks out on SmackDown one day. Why didn't you tell Roman I was going to be at SummerSlam? Is literally has a Jerry Springer effect to hear an arena of it. I was in Baltimore when he dropped the one, when he showed up just to confront him. And it was that's what it was. The reaction wasn't a pop. It was like, oh, he's here. He's just to get in his face one more time. But that's what it was. Everyone just said, like, wait a minute. What is it? And then, of course, on the contract signing, I already read the damn thing. This morning with my advocate. And everyone's like, wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> and that's what this is. It is a custody battle, f- not not for Paul Heyman, but it's basically between Paul and himself. So, I mean, one of the better panovers in recent WWE was in Baltimore, obviously watching it on the tron because it was backstage, and just seeing Brock take over Jeff Hardy's interview. By the way, a bow uh, to Jeff Hardy for Brock walking and Jeff just kind of being like, we good? Like, just got yeah. like, We're, all right. He just walks away and he's just like, yep, thanks to Paul Heyman. I'm a free agent. And then it cuts to Paul The pan over to <laughs> Heyman, already crying while Roman is staring a hole through his head. And I just, it's been so much fun to watch to the point where I almost hope for a non-finish because I don't want it to be over. I don't want this to end yet. I want this to keep going. Because you can tell Brock is having an absolute blast with this. He And a playful Brock Lesnar might be the most dangerous thing on the face of the planet. I just can't. Whoa, geez. I, I don't. So I'm very excited for this one because you can tell there's a lot of respect between these two authentically. And when Brock actually respects you, he'll put on a show with you. And it's, oh, man. I'm glad we're rehashing it this way. <laughs> well,
1: and, and and just think of all the things that a playful engaged Brock Lesnar has given us in the past. He's given us Suplex City bitch. He's <laughs> given, he's given yep. us The Boombox Money in the in the bank, uh, money in the bank briefcase. And now we have the world's best custody battle on Smackdown <laughs> every single week. And I'm sorry, but in the wrestling world, there are the best talkers and then you go up another 50 feet and there's Paul Heyman. Yeah. Because Paul Heyman just is on his own planet when it comes to promos and his ability to, uh, to react to the promos around him. And the first promo where Roman was questioning Paul about everything Brock Lesnar was the first time I went, oh my God, I have got to see this match. Like immediately I went, yeah. I got I to see this. I got to see what happens here because I know Paul's going to do something. And I want to yeah. be there when Paul does something.
0: Yeah. Oh, no. He's. Uh, he. He. I agree. He is indeed in his own world when it comes to that. And, and I think it was – I forget what it was, but it, it was when Lesnar was champion back in the 2000s. And he feuded with somebody that was just the most useless feud ever. And I rewatched it. But you know what? It was that little three week deal he did with Hardcore Holly, uh, the oh, infamous match where, well, <laughs> where where Holly decided to sort of sack a potatoes Lesnar, yeah, when he pulled him up, and Brock was like, "I'm not dealing with this." But I remember because Holly tried to promo on him once, and then Lesnar comes out with, "Hey, I'll we'll never forget." Paul just goes, "Oh." So Bob Holly wants to talk. <laughs> and at the time I wasn't old enough to realize it, but rewatching it, I'm like, Oh my God, Paul's going to completely eviscerate this guy. Like, why would you even attempt this? Don't talk trash to Brock Lesnar. He doesn't even have to talk trash back. Like that that's not even the good idea at all. Or the time when Lesnar came back once and he grabbed the top part of the steps and threw him in the ring, just oh. so we could stand on him. Yeah. while Heyman talked him up. I mean, I can't, it's just, uh, you know, it, it it's just, it's just wonderful to to see this, and I'm very curious about how how this is going to go. But it's also why there are other rivalries that I wanted to see. Like for example, uh, I hope MVP comes back because if we ever get Lashley versus Lesnar, I want MVP versus Heyman on the mic. I want to see that happen. It's just I. I, I, there are so many options with him because, Lashley Lesnar. We've been asking for that one for a long time.
1: Oh yeah, and we don't even need the two guys there. Just have MVP and Paul Heyman in a
0: debate. We're done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The exactly. match. <laughs> yeah, it would. The has got a four piece suit on that costs ten grand. Lesnar's in his flannel. Yeah, that would that would work. It would be great. I would be fantastic. So, Klondike I, I mean, dude, it is going to be an incredible show. I am so thrilled to be able to watch it in person. But and other than that, we also have uh, NXT using their next episode as Halloween Havoc, bringing up one of the old uh, WCW names there. Because NXT 2.0, I've actually quite enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoy uh, certain guys like uh, like Braun Breaker, for example. Uh, Braun was big to me when he got the nod of approval from my dad. Uh, I I actually the, the tweet I put out about it is. Because my dad's not really a fan, but because I'm a fan, he'll put it on and he'll text me about it. And he puts on NXT and he sees Braun Breaker and he listens to him talk and he goes, oh, No, he's going to be that guy. That, that guy's a killer. <laughs> I, said, I, think, I think dad had a little flashback to the golden era there of just the look of him like, Oh, this, this guy's going to be good. I, I like this guy. And he has been. He's been good. He's got his shot at Ciampa, but And that one, I don't have any worries there. They'll tear the house down. I'm just curious, I need your opinion on this, Chris, of um how are we gonna make Raquel versus Mandy work? Ooh. I mean, I I really hate to sort of bury Mandy from the start, but I just other than a seven and a half out of ten flying knee and young lion wrestling, I I don't really know what she brings. And not only that, but it'll slow down Raquel too. Well, it, it is a spin-the-wheel, make-the-deal match.
1: So we're going to get some kind of weird gimmick, um, which maybe means the two better wrestlers might get involved. I don't know. Um, hmm. I I Honestly, I think this is a we ran out of people because they all went up to the main roster feud um, because we don't have mm-hmm. a lot of singles women that aren't waiting for their turn with the title. Uh, so this might just be a, a kind of a stopgap feud at the moment because I, I think they're waiting for like a Frankie Monet or someone of that caliber to take the title off Raquel. Uh, spoiler, I don't think Mandy's winning.
0: Um, yeah. <laughs> but No, this- I, I agree with you there. I mean, well, when they put the title on Raquel at the time that they did and then it was very clear that a lot of the – bigger uh, the bigger potential women were going to move to the main roster it was yes that is the woman that you put it on not just because she's good but because she's a six two latina chick with a giant back that could basically break you all in half Mm -hmm. yes it's the, the perfect person to put it on at the moment but yeah i'm just very curious as to how but you're right maybe there is going to be a gimmick added that will open quite a lot of a few doors for mandy rose to sort of have it be a little bit of a different look because she is a character wrestler as opposed to a, a ring work expert, and that's fine. We've seen quite a few of them do very well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but if Mandy goes over, that's my question. How do we work it from there?
1: Whew. Uh, if Mandy goes over, I think it's got to be a, a screwy finish. Maybe Gigi and, and uh, JC get involved. I don't know, but.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I think there's more open opportunity for someone to beat Amandy than Raquel, because Raquel has been fairly dominant in NXT, but I don't know. I the matches won't be serviceable. That's the thing. And NXT is known <laughs> for having great women's matches. And I don't see how they get that out of her.
0: Yeah. No, I mean I I, I agree with that. And uh the, the one potential sort of long game setup that I did have in my mind is because of how they've been booking her on Raw is uh it's the way to bring to bring Shayna back down is you have Mandy Rose go over and then Shayna shows up to be like, no, this is not a beauty contest. And then just <laughs> completely eviscerates her. And then you eventually set up Shayna facing somebody like like Ivy Nile, which would just be such a just a blockbuster type, you know, two former MMA or type looking deal. So that's something like that. But Again, I don't foresee it. I agree with you. I think Raquel retain. And in quite honest, I if she does, I know they're not going to book it this way. They're going to try to make it look competitive with whatever stipulation they pick. It's not what I want though. <laughs> I would just rather see a glorified squash like Raquel is just like, "No, you all know the the reality here." And that I just it would just be a better look and then you have Raquel on that pedestal of who could possibly challenge me and then you leave her up there and then maybe you rehash it with Eo Shirai once or twice or something. I don't know. But yeah, I don't, I, there has to be something with the stipulation. I think you have that nailed. They have to have something to allow a little bit more for Mandy to do a little bit more. So I don't know. I mean, that's not the number one I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to this three way women's ladder match for the NXT women's tag team titles. Oh, that's yeah. just going to be insane. So, ugh, yeah, man, the stairway
1: to hell match again with Gigi, uh,
0: yeah,
1: and Indy, and JC, and EO, and Zoe. I This is going to be an insane match. Uh, you, you're talking about you know bodies flying. I think we're gonna see it here, especially. I know Gigi Dolan has zero fear of doing <laughs> whatever it is she wants to do in a wrestling ring. So.
0: Yeah, or uh, out of a wrestling ring. Or like, there. um <laughs> There was this one spot at an over-21 show in a bar. Uh, in California. You know what? I'll say it. I'll describe it. I'll describe it. It is one of the most infamous spots I've ever seen uh, when she was wrestling as Priscilla Kelly. And she proceeded to remove uh, her own tampon and deposit it in the mouth of her competitor. Yep. She did that. So if you're willing to do that, you're right. She's probably going to look at a ladder and go, oh, is that it? I mean, I think so. I, I Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. EO, of course, is the genius of the sky. I, I have no worries about her there. But when I see triple threat tag team ladder matches of any kind at NXT, I immediately, I mean, I was at TakeOver Orlando with diy and aop and i believe it was still the revival at that point i think was the third team in it and it's just they they do this on such an outstanding level and Um, and you know
1: you know who one of the agents is is Shawn michaels
0: yes exactly oh it's exactly it's the man who
1: wrestled a ladder that happened to also have razor ramon in the match so he knows all about triple threat ladder matches
0: Well well said. I, well, also, when he was – oh, you just reminded me of this. Let, let me relive this moment. Remember when they had – I think it was Owens and Balor right before one of them went to the main ro- – I think it was Kevin Owens was going to the main roster, and Kevin had to drop the title to Finn, and they had this epic feud, and they didn't know how to finish it because it never ended, and then they <laughs> sent out Michaels, and he just – Took a ladder out from under the ring and <laughs> slid it in there and walked away. Like this is how we handle this. Yeah. and everyone went. That's yeah. the right guy. Uh, all right, that's a good way to go about it. Yeah. So yes, he. Um. I can only imagine what he thinks of with this, and I- I'd also just love to sit in one of those meetings with him and and Hunter and Vinny and because they must look at this and go, man, this is crazy. Not just because we're still doing this, but now we have women that'll do this willingly. Yep. This is insanity. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like that. And and then of course, you know, like for example, Chris said the raw tag team titles on crown jewel didn't do anything for him. I gotta be honest. MSK versus Imperium doesn't really do much for me. I'm not a big <laughs> MSK guy. I feel like they are, nxt's attempt to try to seem somewhat like aew like oh what's your gimmick we're just two really cool trendy guys who do a lot of flippy stuff like that's really their gimmick like that's it so i'm just sitting here rooting for imperium like yes teach them respect please (laughs) and i
1: think with the big question on the internet being why is msk getting all the hate i think you just hit the nail on the head dude that is why they're getting all the hate they are the wwe style of tag team they're the flippy dudes They were the flippy dudes in Impact. They're the flippy dudes now. They don't tell stories in the ring. They aren't really the WWE style in ring. And I think that's why they get the hate from the crowd. And yeah, you're looking at someone like Imperium. If anybody looks like a WWE tag team, it's Imperium. They look the same. They dress the same. They will slam you and throw you all over the ring. And we all know MSK can fly. They're just going to be helped out a little bit this time. So, (laughs) yeah, I'm on the same boat with you. I used to be a big MSK fan back when they were called the Rascals. Uh, But ever since they came over to to, to NXT, I don't know if it's watering down by WWE or if it's just they weren't that cool to begin with and now I'm seeing them too often. But I'm not a huge MSK fan. Uh, I want Imperium in this one.
0: Yeah, no, I'm with you there. Do do, do you know what MSK is to me? MSK is uh, what was – there was one studio – that came out with a whole bunch of different games and they notorious they were notoriously known for all of their characters being just these over the top versions of different personalities <laughs> like and and I forget which gaming company it was but that's what msk is they're like if if, if it were a a, a video game you'd go through all these guys and then it would just be two dudes doing whatever hand sign is cool today you know <laughs> and and their catchphrase would be like say less like no like don't <laughs> and i don't i am not hip to this call i can't stand i i i actually consider it its own language i consider it speaking trend cuz i remember i was with my girlfriend at a Coldstone creamery once, and there were two people fighting in a relationship and they fought using this dialect. And I, I had no idea what anyone said. It was absolutely <laughs> impossible. I, I do know, like you just talk sort of in a more normal type way that's it's what I said at the beginning of the show. That's why Mansoor's promo worked. Cause he was just like, I will show you, you are a pathetic excuse of a man. And Mustafa <laughs> Ali just looked back at him like, good Lord. <laughs> like, what, what did you say? Yeah, exactly. But, now here's what I want us to finish off with, which is, um, the G1 Climax 31, or as, uh, I like to hear it announced, uh, G1 the Climax 31. Yeah. Um, First of all, I'm so mad that it was so predictable. I mean, yeah, in A Block, it was like, oh, okay, it could be uh, Kenta, or it could be ZSJ because he started on an absolute roll and he beat everybody. Or maybe Shingo could figure this out. You know, because Naito got hurt, or maybe they'll let Khan have his run. And we end up with Kota Ibushi. Okay, I'm not really totally upset at that. I understand he won the last two. He's going for three. And then in the other one, they had Jeff Cobb legitimately go undefeated. (laughs) And his last match was against Okada, who also went undefeated until the match before when Tama Tonga decided to become for one day the wrestling version of Jim Kelly and circled <laughs> his wagons. And he got the win somehow. And then Okada faces Cobb, and the only way that Cobb doesn't get into the final is if he loses. He doesn't even have to win. Yeah. If it went the time limit, he would have gotten it. And he lost... No, granted, like I said, it was not a surprise, (laughs) but part of me is just like, you don't have to have the Gaijin win the thing. You could have Ibushi go over on him in Tokyo if you really want to to get three in a row. And again, I'm not mad that I get to see Ibushi versus Okada for the umpteenth time because it's going to be absolutely unbelievable. But you, he went, he was perfect (laughs) until then.
1: Oh, man. I don't know <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, man, I, I feel the same way you do. These two, picking these two at the beginning would have been the Vegas odds of even money. I mean, yeah, or maybe even less. I mean, there's <laughs> there's no way these two weren't the odds on favorites of winning their blocks to get to the end. I mean, Okada's an umpteenth time champion. Ibushi was just champion. He's won the last two G1s. This was safety for safety bet's sake on the part of New Japan. And I love New Japan, but you could not have picked two safer winners of the G1 blocks than Okada and Ibushi. Um, like you said, though, it's going to be what a hell of a match. The final is oh, yeah. going to be amazing. If they go 40 minutes, they go an hour, whatever they do, it's going to be amazing between these two. Don't get me wrong on that. I'm looking forward to Ibushi versus Okada again. But, I mean, you, your <laughs> biggest names you've built up over the past two years are eliminated with some of the worst point totals. Great Okan, eight points. Yeah. Eight? Yeah. Hiroki Goto, six. Sayada, yeah. who's been near the finals every single year, eight points.
0: Yeah. Evil exactly.
1: Champion, and he granted, he ended up only two points less than Cobb and Okada, but. Evil was just champion. You could have had him win a block, even if he doesn't win the whole thing. I mean, something could have been done differently. And I'm not hating on New Japan because I love the matches and they're going to be great. But this was the absolute safest choice you could have picked, guys. And you did it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I I think this was very much, um, this is going to be our first post-pandemic Wrestle Kingdom. Mm-hmm. And we want to absolutely make sure and that is a pretty good way to absolutely make sure. But I'm just sitting here thinking, you know, looking looking this thing over. Uh, also because cause Naito went down. that That is the other deal, uh, that he got hurt in it. But I'm just sitting here thinking the, the possibility of, say, you know, Zack Sabre Jr. and Jeff Cobb. I mean, that's, first of all, your first, well, at least maybe not the first ever, but your first in a long time, completely non-Japanese final. Could have been incredibly interesting to see. But just it's, it's very interesting that this had to happen to Jeff Cobb when it happened. Because, of course, it happened the day after I saw a clip of CM Punk doing a podcast. And he was like, yeah, they were booking me against Roman. And they said, you have to make him look strong. And I said, okay, well, why don't you have him beat me? And they said, no, 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 no. Vince wants you to go over. We have to make him look strong. And he was just like, Huh? And that's what that's what happened to Jeff Cobb, but it wasn't just that match. It was the whole tournament. He won the whole thing. And then he went 30 minutes with Okada and then he lost at the end. And what really upset me was not that he lost because I again I kind of saw that one coming. It was one Rainmaker. One. I was like, dude, at least let him take two or three. Like he's because all, all, all I would, do, if, if I were Vince McMahon and I saw that tournament and that match, I would be like, oh, I've got to get this guy. Yeah. I, th- this guy is probably so pissed off right now. I got to get this guy. And you know what? He's probably not. I mean, everybody knows how booking works in New Japan. It's a very respectful type deal. But, geez, man. I, I just, uh, here's the thing. If, if if I can really only see Abushi winning his third in a row. Mm-hmm. Because I, I know Okada hasn't won one in seven years, but to me, that's not enough of a reason. To, to I I just feel like Ibushi wins his third in a row, and then he gets a shot at, at the champ, who is Shingo, and that wouldn't be bad. Uh, I mean, Shingo's been a great champ, of course, but I, I just, I don't know, especially with Osprey heading for MLW, and it seems like he's not going to be a regular part of New Japan, at least for the time being, which I find very odd, a very interesting way to go about it. But I don't know, man. I I, I find it uh, I find it very interesting to me. But I, I also wouldn't mind at the final. At the final, I want to see Ibushi pick an allegiance. Yeah. I do. I want to see him pick a faction because Okada is leading chaos he has for quite some time. I want to see him pick whether it's Lij, which would be kind of cool, or I don't. The Bullet Club don't need anybody else. Nope. No. The, the bullet club is so big. There are two bullet clubs. No, I, we don't. We don't need another one. Now there's the house of terror and basically the Samoan guys. Like no, we don't. We, we don't need that. But Lij would be interesting. The one that I would think would be really cool is if he joined up with Suzuki Goon. That would be very interesting to see because that persona he takes during the match, where he kind of goes like robotic, and to make that his norm and put him in Suzuki Goon with that crazy bunch. That would be very interesting to see, but I don't know, man. I the only thing I can see is Ibushi winning three in a row because I don't think anybody's ever done that, uh, and that would be that would be a cool mark for their first post pandemic yeah. Wrestle Kingdom.
1: And I'd, I'd be completely down with him joining Suzuki Goon. Somebody has to take over from Minoru at some point, right? I mean, yeah, he, he's not going to yeah. be eighty years old and running Suzuki Goon. Someone <laughs> someone's going to have to take <laughs> over and change the name of that faction. And hey, if it's Kota Ibushi, why not?
0: Yes, the concept of ibushi Goon, sure, I could see that. That would be pretty cool. I could see that. And also, real quick for the G1, just one time. He doesn't have to freaking go over in the final. But you know who I want to see in the final just once, just for fun? Put Yano in the damn thing. Just one time. Just, oh. just give me Yano Okada Once. <laughs> And just let him do gimmicks for 40 minutes and just have Okada just looking at him like, this is what, (laughs) this is what I get in the final. And of course, Okada can go over whatever, but just, just once. I want to see it happen just one time because I still haven't had my dream match. That still makes you think back to that fantasy draft we did with the whole network once where I want my Yano Orange Cassidy face off just one time. Or the dream triple threat of Yano with Cassidy and then r truth. Oh, and just let it just give them twenty five minutes. Bring it on. Just yep. let him have <laughs> Kyoto Refit rent him for a day from AEW. Have <laughs> Kyoto Refit. Because he would be the only one who could keep track of all those gimmicks. <laughs> yeah. And he would probably be laughing with us. Like, what are we doing here, man? <laughs> like, And somebody go, well, why Kyoto? I'll tell you why Kyoto. Anyone who successfully called a hug between Kane and Daniel Bryan. One of the things I'll never forget. When they hugged with Dr. Shelby and Kyoto's literally standing there going, like, yep, that's a good, like, he's calling <laughs> it. Like, going- why are you here? I don't understand. But that's. Oh, man. I just want to see Yano in the final just once. Just one time. Just one time. <laughs> just one time. That's all I want to see. But uh, unless there is anything else uh, you have on your mind that you would like to go over uh, other than me hoping that the Red Sox find a way to lose the ALCS. Are oh, you're to the them. Astros, huh? I See, there's no winner for me <laughs> No, there's in, not. in the ALCS. There's none because I, I can't stand the Red Sox and I can't. As far as I'm concerned, it's two cheaters <laughs> trying to beat each other, and I'm not as mad at Boston for the cheating scandal. I'm just mad at Boston because I'm a Baltimore fan. But for the Astros, it's just it happened. They got caught, and the league did literally nothing. nothing. Yep. I just I can't like take the banner away. Like I don't understand it. And then on the NL side of it, I want to see the Braves win just because I I don't want the Dodgers to do this again. No, it's – that 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 series is my Okada Jeff Cobb yes. from the last B Block day. That's what it is. Like, no, Cobb should go over. I'm tired of this. I don't want to see it again. Yeah. But, oh, man. Yep, let's go Braves. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there there you go. Well said. So, yes, that uh, that is our thoughts on things, of course. I, I, I'm sure I'll, I'll at least try to get in touch with you guys post-Crown Jewel to react to it, to try to become a little bit more regular on this whole deal but uh, Chris let everybody know where they can find
1: you yeah, right now. We're nowhere I'm hiding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have taken a social media break and uh, just because I'm transitioning into being a master's student, but do um, yeah. you want to find me? I'm at bearded Chris P on the Twitter. I'm at old school pants with a funny spelling on the TikToks. Uh, TikTok is probably the one place I'm actually doing anything just because it, it, uh, you know, allows me to temporarily take care of my ADD. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> I gotcha. All right. Well, you can find me at, uh, coots has answers on everything. I changed my name to that on just about everything. TikTok, Twitter, really the only places that I'm at. Uh, of course you can find this podcast wherever you find it, but yeah, that is, uh, that is our thoughts. I'm sure you'll hear from me. Maybe on Thursday or Friday or something like that uh, in in the post. Uh, We'll we'll, we'll fix it in post for Crown Jewel. (laughs) At least uh, we'll attempt to. But, Chris, thank you, my friend, for joining me here. And that is going to be it for us. And whenever we get in touch, we'll let you know.